What's up, guys? Today, I'm sitting down with Joe DeGeni, who specializes in Facebook and Google media buying. He's taken a brand that was doing 900K in 2021 all the way up to 2.2 mil and pacing for 3.5 mil for 2022. And today, we're going to be breaking down his Facebook ad strategies, his Google ad strategies, as well as talking about content and the importance of content in 2022 and beyond. I'm Nikita from aspectagency.com, and let's get into the video. What's up, Joe? How you doing? I know before we started recording, we were just talking about Latin America and, and all the culture there. Yeah, talking about uh, the diversity down here and how yes, it is from where you go. Of course, of course, man. Good to be on. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, for sure. I figured that a lot of people are going to get insight from just learning more about media buying. And I know you're at the uh, razor's edge when it comes to all the media buying tactics and yeah, trying to be. It's a, it's always a race, man. Just, just keep moving. Just keep moving on it seeing what everyone's up to, peeking, peeking on, you know, this guy's spending 10,000 a day, what's he up to? This guy's spending 15 a day, what's he up to? Just trying to <laughs> keep up with all that and, you know, how campaigns are structured, types of audiences used, always trying to keep up with all that stuff. Dude, that's the thing. When I was managing Facebook ads, um, it was like the most, like it's the hardest thing to keep up with. It's like keeping up with like a celebrity or something. Yeah. Cause like every single day there's some new shit that pops up. It's like, Hey, have it, has anyone had their accounts shut down? And like, you see like 50 people reply or like new update got pushed out. Or is it like my campaigns aren't spending? Has anyone else seen this? So yeah. 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 And you know what? I see variable a lot. Like I should say, this is the what October 7 of 2022. But what I've been seeing is quality of traffic varying in like 10 day intervals. Same campaigns, everything's the same. Uh, everything in like, we'll just have fluctuating conversion rates, you know, running to the same funnels. And every 10 days will be up, 10 days will be down. Uh, mm. Usually targets when it's down, but it seems like the quality of traffic changes with uh, through Facebook and Instagram without any other changes happening in the account. That's one thing. I've been noticing lately and man about a month ago everyone's pages were getting banned that's I had right to, I had to go through get a whole page it pages not ad accounts but pages and it was like it actually facebook did a thing where pages that were not permanently disabled just got re-enabled and without even sending i'm going off of like you know what i hear say yeah. what i saw on facebook groups so there's a little bit of he said she said but it was like i saw people saying yeah, we had this page, you know, disabled. We sent it for one review and it didn't come back. And then we looked, opened up, uh, opened up, you know, the page and it was just no longer disabled with no announcement, no anything. So it was like, you know, they had some experimental AI that went wrong and it just swept it right under the rug. So is you're just always looking out for something, you know? <laughs> Dude, that's the thing. And especially just adding on to the fact of, like performance being fluctuating. I noticed that with one of the last accounts we had until we offboarded them, it was like, Oh, launch the ads. Same thing. Uh, really good soft stats, really good hard stats. And then it dropped off after 10 days and then it picked back up after a week. And it, I think maybe Facebook is just testing out a new algorithm on testing different pockets of audiences or different pockets of people based on behavior with how much limited data they have at this point. So, it's a hit or miss, even though it still is the best media buying platform. It's still like, how is it this bad? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, people, people have been divesting into TikTok. I see um, my accounts taking like maybe 
you know, we're spending this much on Facebook. Let's take 20% of that and test it out on, on TikTok. Um, a lot of people um, investing more, I'd say, into CRO in, in terms of just time and energy and, and money, you know, like, hey, do more page testing rather than um, maybe take like some of the budget that you would have spent getting five to 10 ads into testing per week, creative testing per week and put that into uh, testing two or three landing pages per month. I see, mm -hmm. I see that divesting to an extent, but also, you know, since I got into this in like 2015, 16, when I left the corporate world to, to get into to social marketing, Facebook was like the thing to do at that time. And it's almost just like other platforms have caught up. Obviously iOS was a, a big drastic change. October 2017, uh, post-election, yeah, that was an event that saw CPMs go up and quality of traffic generally go down. Maybe, maybe that didn't happen to everyone, but that's what, what I saw. And so it's like, you know, the other channels have just caught up. Facebook was kind of just taking that data without really offering much, where Google has all that data on consumers. So Google ads have survived and they've, Google has developed new products for advertising, I think they've innovated more, uh, you know, coming out with smart shopping, honestly was kind of a flop, but Pmax is, is a killer. I mean, the, that's, that's the set it and forget it, you know, of, of 2022, that's the set it and forget it campaign. And it's only about a year old. So that's like, that's one thing that, you know, anyone who's just trying to get results, a Pmax campaign, like, I think a monkey could, could get results. I don't want to be rude, but like, yeah. literally, Put up is write a few, you know, write some descriptions and headlines, and and you're gonna be profitable. Like, I don't think we've had an account below. I think I don't think we've been below like a 3.5 in any given month on any given account. And like, you you have to just account for seasonality and all those other things. But that's like, and and three like when we're talking paid ads, it's funny, man. We just get right into it. We don't even we just we cut through all the crap. Like yeah. I, I'm generally like, if I'm generalizing, what's my paid traffic target going to be uh, like blended ROAS for, for almost any brand, I'm looking at a three uh, blended ROAS because that's in, in almost all cases, if you're achieving a three, that's profitable and the company's going to grow like at a, at a, say like at a healthy rate. Um, you, you're less likely right at a three, they're less likely to just like run out of inventory real quickly uh but they're going to be growing uh and getting good returns on almost almost any product sold and obviously like you know supplements high margin um something else that's low margin like a food product is going to be lower margin that number can vary but i'm always going for a three and like you you can't miss pmax is like a can't miss campaign where facebook we're putting way more effort into into getting you know a lower result you know hitting that three or a two five on uh on facebook ads but also you know you get up to two three thousand a day and uh and things get interesting there with facebook that's the cool thing i noticed with facebook is like unless you're spending a, a ton of money it's not really successful because you need all that data to feed back into itself but at the same time it's also easy not easier it's simpler to scale on facebook with the right creative the right landing page the right seer yeah. the right assets to back it up yeah um, i know we work with the same agency uh, reason uh, with Will and he taught us like the whole full funnel campaign structure of like you got emails, pop-ups, 
um, CRO landing pages, offers, direct response copy, single split testing, you know, all of that. And that's kind of has been hardwired into my brain since then. And unless you have all that set up, it's almost impossible to run a successful Facebook ad campaign unless you're springboarding off of an influencer and doing those kinds of campaigns. But with Google, I know you, you said like it's easy, like a monkey can set it up because I remember a client of ours asked um, at one point last year um, or over the last year, like, hey, can you set up this Performance Max campaign? I'm like, never heard of this thing because uh, I don't deal with Google at all. But I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, we can set it up. And then I just spent like a, maybe like an hour watching videos. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty easy. Set it up. And it was like at a 3.5 or a 4 for X row as like immediately within the first week. I'm like, holy shit, what is this? Yeah. And I'm way more on the Facebook side in terms of like hours spent, you know, if you're looking at 10,000 hours, I'm closer to that in Facebook. I don't know if I've hit 10,000, I don't track, but I'm way closer. I've spent way more time, know more about Facebook, but yeah, Pmax uh, shopping was the same. I think that's going away here early next year. I don't remember the exact day, but Pmax launched just, just uh, the end of last year. Yeah. It's, that's the thing. If you're trying to get just if anyone's starting up, um, anyone who's not getting results from Facebook or frustrated or, you know, burning a few thousand dollars a month, yeah, Pmax will get you those results. You don't need the landing page design. Uh, and Facebook, I mean, like the, I, I, I pitched a, a supplement brand this week and our first call, I had to say, look, man, this is what it's going to take for us to work. One, you have to invest in a tracking software. You can run off of Google ads and get like decent, decently accurate data uh, because they, they have that data, Gmail, search, YouTube, maps, you know, they, they have that data from users. You know, Facebook ads manager is just pretty much putting random numbers up these days. So in highly inflated random numbers uh, at that. So it's like, you know, just to get started, you need Triple Whale or North Beam. There's other tools as well. There's the two, the two that we work with. You need to invest in landing pages, and you know, like the designer I work with starts at two thousand per page. Um, so there's there's an upfront cost there, and I set the I set the bar at four creatives per week in creative testing because if you fall below that, if you fall far below that, you're just going to experience ad fatigue, and your time to scale, like your time from say uh, starting out spending three to five hundred a day to getting to one thousand a day. To getting from one to three thousand a day, those are the those are the the segments where I find like unique challenges. If you're not testing that creative consistently, four a week is ideal. Three a week you can get away with. It's just going to take a little longer. You get stuck in those spin brackets, um, and, and there could be other things that hold you there. But not testing enough creative, I'd say, is by far the most common. And is the thing like being a brand owner. They have you know they have ninety nine projects all the time. So it, 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 building new creative and getting a volume of new creative ready over and over again is usually not high on a brand owner's priority list in my experience. And even when I'm working with a CMO or marketing director, even then, like it's something that I'll have to push to them like, hey, man, mark your calendar, write your briefs uh, <laughs> or hire us to do it for you for, you know, additional costs, which, you know, Cost you more money but less times the, the trade-off it's always going to be uh, yeah so my point in bringing all that up 
the approach to, to getting started with Google Ads and spending, say, like, probably like up to your first 5000 a month uh, for a U.S. company, Australia, Canada based company, uh, it's going to be it's going to be like three, four thousand, probably five plus in U.S. Um, that's easy. But when you get into Facebook, there's all these investments you have to make up front. And even then, you don't know exactly at what point you're going to you're going to hit even like a, a two row as which two a two row as on Facebook blended with like a, a three to a five from from Google usually gives you like that target three uh, blended row. As. So, yeah, man, it's it's not as easy as it once was, uh, but it still is as far as scaling the best paid traffic. And man, I mean, like we've run TikTok ads as well. I'm not that huge into it. I find TikTok traffic converts lower than Facebook. And uh, because Facebook became more challenging, it's been more challenging for more than a year. A lot of people, you know, jumped off, divested into other, into other channels. But when it actually comes down to looking at a fast growing brand and where they're spending their marketing dollars, it's rare that any brand is spending more anywhere. It is, it's not spending the biggest amount of their budget in Facebook. There are brands that grow through YouTube ads. I would say that might be the one exception more on like the SaaS or digital product. Uh, those can grow through um, a friend of mine has a as a YouTube ad agency that focuses mostly on SaaS. That can play, but still direct to consumer, it's Facebook, Instagram ads. As much yeah. negativity as we've seen in the media and oh, they're not profitable, their stock price hasn't been this low in five years. Still, that's where that's where brands, fast growing brands are spending most of their marketing dollars. So it's still here. All the Facebook is dead posts. I'm just like, cool. That's just people who couldn't cut it. <laughs> the, yeah. the the bottom part of you know the market of Facebook advertisers fell off. The guys sitting around their house in their underwear, they're not doing it any, anymore. You know, running a few accounts. Uh, so yeah, I find that <laughs> I find that uh, it's still it's still king. And and you know when you think about paid ad platforms, this was a conversation I had with a friend of mine who's a brand. Mm -hmm. The paid ad platforms they're setting the CPMs largely based on on the industry. Um, meaning like, like, you know, people who are listening here probably are pretty knowledgeable of marketing. So y'all may know that skincare is known as having the highest or some of the highest CPMs in for any, uh, any product category. Uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, hell, Pinterest or Snapchat, any of these channels, parlor, they're setting the CPM based on a number of factors. And one of the biggest factors there is is your your product category, and all these companies they make their money by selling ads. So when traffic quality drops, said social ad, said social media company has to adjust CPMs. In fact, I was thinking about this earlier today because I was looking forward to to having you know like some time to talk with you about this. I was thinking back to last year around October 2021. Mm -hmm. I'm almost certain, and I'm curious if anyone disagrees with me, I would love to hear it. Hit me up on Twitter about it or, or comment here below. To the best of my knowledge from all the ad accounts that I'm managing and reviewing, I believe CPMs on Facebook now are lower than they were a year ago. Yeah, 100%. I'd say when we were managing Facebook ads up until last month, which is when we offboarded our last client, we... we um, the CPMs were just going down month over month. 
and we were running the same exact creatives, the same exact copy. Granted, it wasn't anything drastic, like from 50 bucks to 25 bucks, but it was like from 40 bucks to like 35 bucks to 33 bucks uh, on average. And this was mainly for like a fashion brand, for example, you know, and it just slowly went down over the last couple months. And I was like, this is good. But also at the same time, the traffic quality has gotten shittier, to be honest with you. Quality has gotten shittier. Yeah, like the same creative that used to have like a 1.5 to 2 or 1.5 to 2 click-through rate has now at like a 0.86 or a 0.75 click-through rate. Um, cost per click is more expensive and it's like, what are we doing here? I miss the days of, of, two, of consistent 2% click-through rates. You have to fight for those. That, that takes 34 creative hook uh, tests to, to make that happen. Yeah, it's true. The quality of traffic and... Uh, this is one thing that I'm not entirely aware of. Like, what is it that's causing that? Is that, is that uh, the tech companies fighting over you know, Facebook collecting data versus Apple and, and Android holding that data, um, you know, protecting that data? I'm curious about what affects the, because it's clear to me what affects CPMs, but what affects the quality of traffic? That's a, a really interesting one. And it's, it's a big variable that's out of control. Uh, out of our control here, you know. Sure, you can republish your your audiences, and maybe that puts you in a better pocket for the next week or so. Certainly, you know, anyone listening who does ads, we've been doing that for a while. But the the quality of traffic is tough. And one thing I always say to someone who you know, you have these, uh, you'll be talking with a client. Hey, what happened this last week? Why are why are the last seven days so much worse than the previous seven when almost nothing has changed? It's like, oh yeah, a quality of, of, of traffic drop. Uh, one thing I've always, I always say is like, we need to just widen the, the lens that we're looking through. Like I, I rarely assess any brands on a seven day window anymore. Yeah. Uh, and, and at the same time, I also rarely run offers below a hundred dollars. Now, if you're like 85 and you know, your LTV, sure that can work. Uh, or if you're like a subscription box, sure, you know, you, you're going to know your LTV and it's going to be high and you have all kinds of methods to retain clients better. In fact, you can talk to Nikita about that, <laughs> about retaining clients. But uh, yeah, generally I'm looking for like about a hundred dollars or more AOV and the brands that we've, that we've got the best results for 200 plus uh, AOV on, on Facebook. That's, that's what I see working. Well, you can spend up to that point. That's the thing. You have so much buffer room and obviously it depends on the product and if it's like a 25% margin product versus 75% margin, yeah. but still you generally have a lot more spend to, I guess a lot more leeway as far as spending goes to acquire maybe unprofitably or break even that first customer. But on that repeat purchase, they make money and obviously with the retention tactics, you can do all of that. But, um, yeah, when it comes down to it, like you said, like why does this keep happening platform wide where like there's lower CPMs, like what are the platforms doing? I think it's just a mixture of Facebook doesn't have access to the exact same data points that they used to have way back in the past. And they don't have, and maybe this is just weakening their AI algorithm from, you know, pulling back those data points and knowing like, oh, we have 140 data points on Joe and we know that he likes this, this, and this. So we'll go ahead and serve ads that are relevant to this. Or now it's like we only have 50 data points. So we lost, you know, 100 plus data points on him. So we can't serve the exact same ads to him. So the ads that he is getting are less relevant. Like I'm going through my Instagram feed. Like I went through it this morning just to like scroll through and see what's up. And I'm getting like the least 
like none of the none of the ads are relevant. Like I'm getting ads for like a blender or some shit, and I'm not in the search of a blender or like I never mentioned blender. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and it doesn't. I'm, and I'm getting like B2B ads uh, that aren't even in my industry. Like I get it. I get like agency courses or like SaaS that um, that's like for product management or productivity. You know, like I I get those, but like some bullshit about like B2B connections for like pipe work for semi trucks. I'm like, what's going on here? And I have my data thing on. That's the thing just for, um, what do you call it? Just for respect reasons as an old media buyer, like I'll, I'll, I'll give the data up. I don't care. <laughs> but like, I'm like, what is up with these irrelevant as hell ads? Funny. You know what? I, I get ads that are pretty on point. Cause I use, I use IG to find uh, I do prepared meals, you know, funny yeah. you're talking about productivity. The, the biggest difference I've made in being productive in the last two years is getting healthy prepared meals delivered to me. And so, and I use your discount code, bro. What's the affiliate link? Well, dude, I hop, I hop around cities, but the trick is you have to get it. Like the ones that have the, the, the person's name in it. Cause once they're running ads now, like that cuts into the margin. So you're going to get more rice and less meat. Um, I learned, but you know, I'll, my, my point is, I, you know, I'll go to, I'll get on IG, look at a few, uh, pre-made meals and I've been hopping cities for like, man, since the beginning of COVID, I've been trying to like get away from, you know, all the, all those bullshit rules. Uh, so, uh, I've been hopping cities for like damn near three years and, um, and it's, it's over now, but like, you know, every city I need to get a new one. So when I search, I'll get like food, you know, prepared meals, healthy meal delivery. I do get those productivity. I'm trying to think of what that one is. I do get a lot of productivity uh, ads and it's like, yeah, they're going to s- sell me an app and that's going to make me productive. Sure. Yeah. There was one, it was like some bullshit of like, you're like, you know, you're, you have an iPhone, right? Oh, I'm Android. All right. Never mind. But for iPhone, there's like a screen time tracker of like how much you spend, like how much screen time you spend a day on your phone. And like, what do you spend it on? So it's like, oh, hour on Instagram, hour on notes, whatever it is. But there was one, it was like a before and after the, the, the classic ad creative of before and after where it was like before this app and it's just like your time is up and it was like all like unproductive time. It's like after this app and they just like colored in the same exact bars with like purple or something with like productive time, like marked as purple. And I'm like, what are we like? Like, how is that going to change anything? Like, I'm just, I'm still spending the same amount of time that I am on my phone. Yeah. But just productively. <laughs> That's hilarious. I will say one thing I, I started doing actually this year was uh, I work with Commit Action. Uh, mm-hmm. So we said like, yo, this week you're getting this done. No excuses. And then talk to me next week. If you, for some reason you don't get it done, you have to say why and when you're going to get it done. Um, so that is a product, you know, I'm open to productivity stuff. So it's like weekly accountability, basically. Yeah, accountability, yeah. That's big. <laughs> so uh, one of the things is like, you know, and I, I see you doing this and, and like, you know, we worked at the same agency, but I saw you were growing on Twitter, using Twitter to, to grow your business. And like, uh, I think you're more, you're a little bit, you're more of a Zoomer than me, man. I'm, uh, I'm in my thirties now. So uh, I'm like, man, I, I was talking to, to my, you know, like my accountability uh, person, coach, whatever you want to say. And I'm like, look, I think I need to sit for one hour on social media and, and write out comments <laughs> every day. I think I need to spend one day on social media. So it's funny how like, obviously that's something that you wouldn't think is productive, but 
that's where the conversation is. I think that's where the conversation is in, in D2C and marketing in general. So, uh, yeah, it's funny to think like, that's what I need to do to Dude, be it's, more time <laughs> on Twitter. Like that's the one thing I'm noticing like as, cause I used to get a lot of my leads from cold email, but that has taken a, a huge shit on, yeah. on me as in like, I wasn't getting like, it just dropped off immediately after spring and I'm like, okay, there's clearly something going on here and this is not my full-time focus as, as you know, there's like, there's been a gold rush of so many done for you lead agencies that pay per booked call, whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm competing against these dudes that do it on a full-time basis. I'm not doing this. Yeah. Um, at the same time I started doing content on, well, revamping the content on YouTube as well as revamping all my content on Twitter and just getting that out there. And I noticed like I used to be like full anti-social media guy. Like I don't have anything installed on my phone, not even a browser. It's just for, you know, taking photos and calling people and messaging people. Um, but as I started to transition more into the content side, it's like, fuck, I need to have Twitter installed. Or it's like if I'm posting reels or TikToks, I need to have TikTok and reels installed. So it's a weird dynamic. And as I'm, as I'm growing my social network in Nashville, like I moved here a month ago, like everyone's on social media. So I have to, you know, chat on Instagram. And I've noticed that like, it's, it's definitely fucking with the productivity a little bit, but at the same time, like the opportunities are growing. So it's very, it's a very great area of like, uh, it's business development, but at the same time it's distracting. So Twitter is a lot easier to control than Instagram because you can actually control things on Twitter versus Instagram is just like a shit show of like a thing that'll get your reaction. Yeah. So for Twitter, I'm very, um, what do you call it? I mute a lot of people. So if like, if there's an account that I see consistently popping up that I'm like, I don't like this, I just mute the account. Um, or if there is something going on in the world, that's like huge, like I must support this action type event. Um, as we've seen in a few, like COVID is a big one, COVID Roe v. Wade, the queen, whatever. I just set those, I just set those words up as mute on yeah. Twitter. So that way I don't have them show up on my Twitter feed at all because then it's like, I don't want to read about the queen dying. I mean, yeah. sucks that she died, but like this has nothing to do with business or D to C. So my feed is very clean. Um, I have extensions set up on my desktop. So that way I don't have like the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the trending page on there. It's just minimal. It's just the feed and all the people that I follow. Uh, and then I time block everything. So every Monday or Tuesday, depending on how I'm feeling on Monday, I write out all of my content for the week and just set up on a schedule and I don't worry about it for the rest of the week. So I don't have to take care of that. And pretty much I used to do this. I got really bad at it. I think I might implement it again, but I used to set up like at the end of every day, like the last 20 minutes, I would just go on and just like do all the commenting on Twitter to like get the account engagement up. Yeah, so I want to go back to something that you were talking about before of, uh, direct outreach versus using social media to grow your business. And this is something that I've seen change in the time I was doing this. So like I used to work in a plastic factory when I finished college, that was 2011 is when I, was when I started. Uh, and you know, I was, you know, like reading four hour work week, trying to just get in the game, get out of my shitty fucking corporate job. And, uh, in everything I saw, all the guys I saw, Hey, I grew my agency to do a million a year in 12 months. All these guys were saying, don't do branding, only do direct outreach. And they were right at that time. 
and there's guys who they had been in the game 10 years longer than me. So if you rewind to 10 years when they started, that was all there was. But I think there's been, we're, we're seeing a shift of the direct outreach channels are just getting flooded. What you said, I mean, one of the things that I see ads for is probably five different, if I scroll at IG, I'll see five different companies on any given day that are offering, hey, we'll grow your agency, agency legion, get 50, 50 book calls a month or you don't pay, yep. all that shit, right? I see it and I'm like, oh man. So just like you said, that means now, you know, LinkedIn's been a pitch fest, Facebook, face, you know, my how like Facebook messages, the other inbox, the spam inbox and in Facebook, now the spam inbox and IG. These channels are getting crowded, you know, that work is being systemized and being outsourced to the developing world. You got people, uh, office full of people in the Philippines, India doing all this outreach. So these outreach channels, they've definitely gotten crowded. And not to say that those don't work because we've grown through direct outreach and referrals uh, up to this point. But I'm seeing that, that the, as those direct outreach channels get more crowded, you know, you just, when you needed to send 75 messages before, now you have to send 150. Uh, you have to do more to get the same result. Yep. And at the same time, the value of having an audience, I think is growing because everything's becoming a pitch fest. And like, you know, when I see Nikita on Twitter or some of your Facebook videos, when you, uh, some of your interviews, I'm like, yeah, so this guy has, has authority and credibility and connections. And that just, that separates you from, you know, the, the other two direct, the other two agencies that are only doing direct outreach that are pitching the same company as you or got their foot in the door and talking to the same potential client as you like trying to win that big account. So I, I think what I'm saying is I've seen this say from when I first learned about this stuff, like 2012, 2013, 2014, when I was still working, but like learning the very, the very early uh, internet marketing stuff having a Twitter was just not like having a Twitter account or, or like, you know, TikTok wasn't, I don't even know if TikTok existed then. That yeah. wasn't a thing, but uh, you know, if I could, if you could snap your fingers and have any account with say a million followers, you would never go hungry in your life. You would, you would do probably, you know, you would never not make money in, you know, assuming that the audience, it's the right people. It's not just random people. And you would be making good money for the rest of your life. So it's a really valuable asset. And that's something that, like, I'm new to it, man. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be looking at your tweets, copy paste, put it into a sheet. Yeah, how can I rewrite this to suit me? Because your writing's good. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm really seeing it uh, that that these channels are, are ultra valuable, and especially to like someone who's like freelancing, making like five to ten thousand a month, but you want to grow that into a million dollar a year business sure direct outreach can work but just like you said you're competing with you know teams of people that are just following scripts and sending out massive numbers uh and, and yeah when when you have that those connections and credibility that from a social account like god it, it makes life way easier so that's something i we're i'm moving into that now trying to actually like you know hiring help on that end to to make that work and yeah, I think, I think that's largely, largely, I think five years from now, like the, the value in having an audience in your niche is just going to be enormous, especially with service companies, because you're looking at like, 
your your one year LTV on on an account is at least fifty thousand uh, with a digital service. Yeah, I mean any service at least ten to fifteen thousand, but probably if you're doing it at a reasonably high level, it's, it's got to be at least fifty thousand. And so if you're able to to get a few of those every every quarter, two of those a quarter, I mean like the amount of revenue you can pull in by by offering your services to the right clients versus the people who respond to cold email, really high. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's a, a really highly leveraged uh, marketing channel that people are just moving into. Well, a few things on that. Um, so number one, like you're right, it does build an authority and I like having that because you're already coming in to a to like the sales call with a power position. Um, it basically warms up the prospect to love you because they're kind of getting a teaser of like what you talk like, what you sound like, what you look like. What do you write about? Like, oh, you know your shit. Okay, cool. Um, the other thing was like the writing on the wall for me was like a mo- I think a year ago because I started getting more consistent with my YouTube videos then. And I remember like I would have like two to three booked calls. Well, I think I had like one book called a month coming in from YouTube. And like I have like a Zapier integration with my Calendly. So it posts a Slack message in my uh, like sales board and it would say like referral YouTube. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Like you can actually, like people actually book things in from YouTube. I'm like, oh, I got to get into it. And then a bunch of other fires happened. So that took a back burner. But now for the last week, I've been solely focusing in on one of our, um, well, Kevin, the person that's going to be editing this video. Hey, Kevin. Um, I've been training him up uh, for getting all the content pushed out via all the different channels. So we're working on um, Twitter is basically everything that I'm doing. Uh, From Twitter, I do tweets and threads. Tweets get repurposed into short form content where I record like with my face cam. They get repurposed into Reels, TikTok, LinkedIn, back on the Twitter feed. Um, Then they get repurposed into just screenshots that get posted all over other social networks. Um, And it it all gets repurposed basically um, into like seven different channels. Uh, And that's basically what I'm going to be ramping on over the next quarter is just getting that system dialed in with the help of Kevin here um, so that it gets way more reach. And by the time it's Q1 and we open up our doors for more clients, like it's not going to be a problem to get them because of that authority already built up. Um, And the other thing is you didn't account for is not only are you getting that like 50K LTV at like a high level from one client for a year, but also once you do have a big enough following, you sponsor other people's shit and you get a good supplementary income just from sponsors. Like I know a guy, I talked to him the other week. I'm not going to say who it is, but um, he has like a newsletter subscription list of like 900 people. Can you guess how much money he makes a month from sponsors from those 900 people? Well, since you asked me, it's going to be at least 10K. (laughs) It's not 10K. It's like 3K. Ah, but that's like that's that's still like that's that shocked me i'm like 900 people he sends out i think maybe like two emails a week and he gets 3k a month from like sponsorships that's more than enough for me to pay all of my living expenses right now and you say sponsorship is that say like a, a brand you know uh like a software, let's say like there's like ZipRecruiter wants to sponsor your newsletter and all you have to do is just insert a link into your, into your newsletter that you do on a weekly basis. Yeah, they can pay. Yeah, I can pay my bills with that, with the link in my, in my newsletter. That sounds pretty good. 
what's his uh let me ask what's his the the subject of his newsletter is it a marketing newsletter is it, is it... yeah it's marketing so okay. he's in the same niche as you doing uh facebook ads in d2c mm -hmm. so nice. yeah i think he does yeah. like yeah so i gotta get on vertical videos and newsletters what you, that's what this is coming down to i gotta step my game up dude the newsletter thing i'm working on improving it so far it's just been me repurposing all my threads into newsletter format but i've been working on improving that um but i'm trying to step my game up there um if you need help with vertical videos let me know i have a guy for that but um the vertical videos are easy i just shoot them once a week i just do like five in a row once a week off of like the most popular tweets from the last week and then i send them out to kevin to edit do you does uh does kevin because i've been looking for i have a guy that helps me with twitter and then he's getting he's in the process of ex extending to linkedin as well uh i want linkedin to reach you know head of paid social at x y that you know employee that works at a large brand yeah uh, large agency do you um are you asking about content or outreach out content um, yeah what like what do you think is a a structure or what are the key hires on content and i would say like to anyone listening you're probably six months plus ahead of where i'm at in content like i'm getting started like i'm i'm tweeting every day i've run a few giveaways i get my threads out but like um i've had a few good conversations a couple of leads but like i'm, I'm new on this what do you think like who are the key people to hire for a service business that wants to get content and grow a following across channels. Are you asking from like, oh, for service-based businesses? I'd say like just someone that has a keen eye on social media. Mm, okay. Like probably someone younger. Um, uh, no problem. Uh, no offense here, Kevin, but um, he is, he's on the older side, but I'm trying to teach him up to like what is go currently going on. And he's very adept to it. So it's not a problem. It's just like, if you're going right off the bat, I would search for like a Zoomer because they are on TikTok, they're on Instagram, they're on whatever. And it's easy yeah. to adapt them into this new platform because they already see this shit. Like as long as they're not looking at girls twerking their asses off, they're more than likely to understand like how to reach a specific audience in, in TikTok or in Reels or in LinkedIn, whatever. Are you saying that there's stuff that's not girls twerking their ass off on Instagram and TikTok? There's other stuff if you're lucky, there. if you're lucky, yeah. Oh, uh, shit. Like there's business stuff on there. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> My phone's been lying to me. Man, right, you're just uh, you, you're uh, engaging with the wrong content here, my guy. I got a cure. You mean I just I shouldn't like every time I see a, a pair of big yiddies, I shouldn't just double tap the like. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, but we, we remove that, Kevin. No, don't remove that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's yeah I, I have a zoomer doing it um i'm what i'm i'm trying to actually repurpose more content like how do i put get my twitter threads in all seriousness now uh how do i get my twitter threads into long form linkedin posts long form facebook posts here uh, i'll i'll send you a i'll send you a figma file with our content play at it and help you out with that nice appreciate that man and uh and the other thing that i, I want someone so i have a guy who's very good on twitter he's moving he's an article writer essentially so Articles hit Twitter uh, as threads, hit Facebook, hit LinkedIn. Um, he comes up with everything. I review, tweak, approve. I would like for someone to do the same with a vertical video. A friend of mine who he's, I would just say he's ahead of me in business. He, uh, 
he has a guy who, uh, maybe like a small agency who does that, but he's paying like four or five grand a month for it. I'm like, man, when I'm thinking, is it Will? Not Will. Oh, no, no, it's a guy in a, in a totally different business. Uh, but he does do email marketing among other things. And I'm like, man, I mean, that's a, that's a huge investment. And I also get the feeling like Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, but Facebook is obviously dying. Uh, like, I'm not focused on Facebook at all. I'm not either. Yeah. There, there's still, you know, there's middle-aged dudes in there that, that are, you know, still making money and, and active, but I don't, I would just like copy paste onto Facebook. Four or five K is a lot to invest. Four or five K is a lot to invest. And I also get the feeling that Twitter and LinkedIn are going to give me a faster return on investment. Uh, so like, I'm fine with that. But if I was spending four or five K on video and I'm pushing that on say TikTok, IG reels, I get the feeling, I mean, I want to go into it one ready to spend uh, for 12 months and then assess how it does. And like, yeah, four or five K over 12 months, I, I could hire two people for my business and, and actually like just improve the quality of my service and, you know, service five more clients. That would be a better ROI. So investing I mean, in video now doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like I should spend so much but maybe that's just what it costs dude get um just hire someone one of one of your locals i mean you're in a really good area in south america just hire a local that knows how to video edit put, put up a job posting and find someone in the local area and it'll be cheaper than you think uh, okay i could do that yeah uh, just make sure you have your sops in line which i guess with the ones that i share with you it's going to be easy yeah. But um, you just tweak them to what you're doing, you know, but on that note, you know, I'm in I'm in Argentina experiencing like insane hyperinflation right now. We were talking about that a little bit before we started recording. Yeah. The demand for U.S. dollars here is huge. So if I were to pay if I were to pay someone probably 25 and under, hey, I'm going to pay you a thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks to do all this for me. You're going to write the scripts. You know, someone who's you know, marketing savvy, that would be like, man, I don't know what salaries are like here, but I think 1500 bucks is going to be like, it's more than enough, more than like, a, like a, a mechanical engineer here makes. Wow. Good enough. I, I mean, the exchange rate's insane right now. So yeah. this could be a good, could be a really good move. All right. Yeah. So I have to keep, I'm going to keep an eye out for that. For sure. Um, hire local versus hire someone, you know, like on a, from a job board um i'm just saying local because it's easier for you to reach um also heads up i have like four minutes before my next call um i'm gonna try and wrap this up Um, okay (laughs) so the only reason why i say hire local is because you're in that area yeah i tried to hire from south america because of same time zone cheaper wages but it's so fucking difficult because they're not like you have to be a registered business in that country in order to put up on a job put your post on a local job board uh, so I would still do job boards, but locally within Argentina or whichever country you're in, because it's easier for you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My Twitter guy's Brazilian and I just found him on Twitter. I didn't, I didn't hire him locally. He just happened to be Sao Paulo. People in Sao Paulo are very intelligent. Um, and, and so like, that's a generally a pretty good place to, to hire people from. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Joe, it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah. Where is the best place that I know we've gone all over the place when it comes yeah. to the topics, but I'm, I definitely enjoyed the conversation and we have to do it again, but yeah. where's the best place that people can find you? Oh man. Yeah. We have to do it again. So whenever I get my YouTube game going, I'm going to have to invite you on for, 
for mine. Of course. <laughs> uh, the best place to find me, first check me out on Twitter, at Joe DeGeney, J-O-E-D-E-J-E-N-E. If you like that, check out duckweed.media or duckweedmedia.com. That's our website. Um, a little bit of client results there, but you know what you know what it is with with paid ads, um, and just book a call if uh, if you're a brand looking to grow. Book a call, to talk with me, uh, and we'll see if we're fit to work together. Awesome, man. Well, it was a pleasure, and uh, I'll see you next time around. All right, take it easy. Catch you soon. Thanks again for watching, and if you're brand new to the channel, be sure to subscribe so that you're caught up on all, all the latest email and marketing training. If you liked the video, hit the like button and drop a comment on what your favorite part of the video was. And if you're a D2C or an e-commerce brand with an email list of at least 10,000 subscribers, make sure to click the link below the video and book a call with me and my team. We work with all kinds of e-com and D2C brands and help them scale their email revenue by at least 30% month over month. So click the link below, we'll hop on a call, Look over your account, compile a strategy, and create a plan of action on how to raise your email revenue. After the call, you'll have the option to use the strategy yourself with your own team, or you can choose to work with us. All up to you. It's completely free, no obligation, so click the link below, book in the call, and if you have a list size smaller than 10,000, keep watching the videos and you'll get a lot of value and learn how to increase your list size as well as generate more revenue from email for your store. With that being said, I'll see you guys in the next video.